Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Episode 81, recorded Monday, March 28th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cintrapino. Well, we made it to spring 2022. Well, at least we thought we did. It's pretty cold out there today. It's about 30 degrees up here in Connecticut. But we're just starting to see a little bit of those uh, green sprout out of the ground. And the trees are getting that hint of red that's uh, pretending uh, that, that spring's right around the corner. It's been a really long winter, and we're looking for some warmer weather. We've had a little bit of teases out there, but it's time to get it sustained. Now, the Scuba Shack group trip to Cozumel wrapped up a couple of weeks ago, but the New England weather played some havoc, though. Some of our divers didn't make it down there until Monday. They were supposed to leave on Saturday. These airlines are now working on these really tight schedules, and the slightest disruption seemed to have a huge ripple effect. I know traveling in the winter is, a, uh, is always a bit of a challenge. But the good news is that they had some great weather down there and, a, and some great diving, and the trip video looks awesome. Next up for our travel is Nassau, and then we head to Grand Cayman before finishing off the 2022 travel season with Little Cayman. Dive travel is back. Let's hope COVID stays away. Now next weekend, we're going to once again try to kick off our Northeast dive season with a trip to Stonington Point, and we're calling that We're No Fools Dive. Once again, we'll keep our fingers crossed for Mother Nature to cooperate. Now today's show will feature another segment of Sea Hunt, It's Still Alive. We'll be heading to Season 2 for an episode titled The Dam. But first up will be wet notes for some of the latest news and information around the scuba diving world. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, March 28th, 2022. First up today, I want to give you an update on the 2023 Reef Environmental Educational Foundation survey trips. I got a message from Reef a couple of weeks ago, and it was announcing their 2023 schedule. It looks like they're planning 16 trips next year. They have a number of liveaboard options, as well as those land-based trips. Now, some of them look like they're already sold out. For example, if you want to go to the Solomon Islands trip on the Bill of Kiki, you're out of luck. But you can go on a 10-day Red Sea trip on the Grand Sea Explorer. They've got a whole bunch of other options out there, like the Southern Sea of Cortez. They're going Belize, Honduras, Grand Cayman, Saba, Roatan, and Dumaguete. These are all on the schedules, and, and it looks like the prices are pretty reasonable. There's so many places so little time. You can go out there and check out all the reef survey trips, along with who's uh, leading the trip on their website. 
I always thought it would pretty, be pretty cool to go on one of their excursions. Maybe someday. Now, in case you missed it, Divers Alert Network has something new in 2022, and they're calling it their new enhanced membership. I saw this on their main website recently and clicked on the more information button. They are now offering two levels of membership. There's a regular membership and enhanced membership. Looks like the enhanced membership increases your emergency medical and travel assist coverage from 150000 to 500000 Also, the enhanced membership provides something new. Uh, it's called global security evacuation as well as search and rescue coverage. Another change that's pretty big is that with the regular membership, you're now only going to get the digital version of Alert Diver. If you want that printed version, you'll need to be an enhanced member. Now, I reached out to Dan about their changes, and Wayne McNair let me know that everyone should still get their printed version in 2022 up until your renewal date. And then after that, the new program takes effect. As for pricing, now a regular membership for an individual is 40 bucks, while the enhanced membership will go up to 75 and if you're a family, like we, we get ours, is the price is $60 for a regular and then $100 for an enhanced membership. Now, I really like my hard copy of Alert Diver, and it showed up over the weekend. So I think I will definitely go for that enhanced membership. Now, here's another sign that, that things might just be getting back to normal. The other day, we received a copy of California Diving News. It had been uh, two years since the last publication. Now, the California Diving News is like a newspaper type of publication, and yeah, it focuses on California diving, but we're just anxious for any kind of uh, periodicals on diving right now. The publisher and editor is Mark Young. I think he's also the publisher of Dive Training Magazine and Dive Center Business Magazine, but those things are still on hiatus due to the pandemic. And I'm not sure if they're ever going to come back. Other names you might recognize from California Diving News are Marty Snyderman, and he's a senior editor, and then Catherine Castle Garcia is the managing editor. In his column, Mark indicated it was great to be back and that during the hiatus, they also redesigned their website. Now, the publication focuses on California, like I said, with stories on diving and Carmel and Catalina. And they also have two new car columns that Marty uh, did this last, ep uh, last edition, and they were titled Diving the Republic and Beyond the Bear. It, it was really fantastic to see the publication show up in our mailbox. Hopefully, a sign that we are truly getting back to normal. Now, for some more good news, last week I reached out to Simon Morris, who heads up sales for Shearwater Dive Computers. Now, I met Simon when we were out at DEMA back in November. And then he, at that time, he told me that they had just announced that they would not be shipping any Perdix or Peregrine computers for a while because they couldn't get the parts. They, they couldn't get the screens, actually. But back then, Simon's best guess that it would be March of 2022 before they were back in, in production. And it looks like his prediction seems to be spot on. 
Simon relayed that they are now getting back to full production and hope to be caught up on all their backlogs by the end of April. Now, we ordered a couple right after Dima, so we should have them in plenty of time for our dive season. Our fingers are crossed there. For new orders, Shearwater thinks the shipping will be after May 15th. One of the things, though, Simon did, however, let me know is that the situation still remains very fluid and nothing is ever certain in these days with the supply chain challenges. But still, there's some good news from what I consider to be the best dive computer on the market. Have you ever heard of an ice fish? Well, I wasn't really familiar with them until I came across an article that said they found an incredible number of ice fish nests in the Weddell Sea off of Antarctica. I had to do a little bit of research on just what is an ice fish. Some people say that the fish has a head like a crocodile, and they also call them crocodile ice fish. They don't have swim bladders, so they stay on the bottom, and they can get to be about 30 inches long, and they don't have any scales, so they think they can absorb O2 through their skin. And they use a protein as an antifreeze because they live in this 28-degree water. The ice fish feed on plankton, small fish, and krill. Now, here's the amazing part of the story. At a depth of about 1,600 feet, researchers started to see these ice fish nests below the Weddell Sea. They estimated that over a 100-mile area that they surveyed, there was an astounding 60 million ice fish nests. I don't know about you, but that seems like a really big number. Another wonder of the ocean. And finally, the Spring Vintage Diving Memorabilia Auction is set for April 2nd. Normally, there's a lot of vintage scuba gear in the auction, but this time it's primarily focused on submarine stuff. The submarine memorabilia primarily comes from the collection of Ed Uditis, who is a board member of the Historical Diving Society in the U.S. and a diver since 1954. There are a number of vintage hard hats in the auction and a Miller and Dunn Diving Hood style one. Another interesting item that's in the auction is an actual launching bottle from the submarine USS Squalus. And the Squalus was launched on September 14, 1938. Or how about an authentic Rolex Submariner dive watch? It's in the box and it has the papers and it's estimated to be selling between 10 to 15,000. That's way too rich for my blood. The auction starts at 11 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on April 2nd, and you can register online at liveauctioneers.com. If you're planning on attending, you'll definitely want to register ahead of time and not miss out on the fast pace. Well, that wraps up Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, March 28th, 2022. It's time for another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive here on Scuba Shack Radio. 
And this time, we're going back to Season 2, Episode 12, The Dam. Now, The Dam premiered on March 22nd, 1959. The show opens with this panoramic shot of a large concrete dam. And it's a new dam. And it's been built in a subtropical country. Built to deliver power to these remote locations. Next, we see Mike underwater with his triple tanks carrying a spear gun and a large metal box towards the surface. He teases us about the danger to follow. After this opening scene, we're now taken back to the U.S., where Mike has been called in by the company that built the dam. Now, they say they're proud of their pet project and want it to succeed at all costs, but they're worried about potential threats, so they enlist Mike to head up underwater security for the dam. The company representative points out the general location on the map. He looks like, it looks like he's circling an area in southern Mexico or Guatemala. Mike says that's pretty remote and in the desert. But he agrees to fly out and help him. Next, we see the Trans World Airline prop aircraft depart. And he tells us he headed past the Panama Canal. Well, that seems strange because that's nowhere near where they pointed out uh, on the map. I guess it's okay. It's TV. We'll give him a pass. Mike then transfers to an amphibious seaplane and lands on what he calls a whopper of a lake. In the next scene, we're at the dock. And that's where Mr. Turner, he's in charge, he wants to be called chief, is all upset because of Mike's arrival. And he's holding a letter that he's reading out loud saying that Mike's now the head of underwater security. Mike has his gear bag with his name stenciled on it. He looks a little bit out of place with his business suit on. The chief tells Mike the dam is his baby and will stand an earthquake and that he should just pack up his gear and head home. Well, that's not going to happen. And Mike tells the chief that he wants to go out and inspect the intake valves. The chief's right-hand man and diver is a guy named Finch, and he says he's already done that. But, as we know, Mike prevails, and the chief's orders Laro to grab Mike's gear and head for the boat. Now, at the base of the dam, Mike and Finch head underwater to check the intake valve. Mike lets us know that Finch is a top-flight undersea man. In the clear, cold water, they approach the first intake valve, and they put on these safety belts that tether them to the dam wall. The safety belt is their best friend, he says, keeping them from being sucked into the large valve. Finch demonstrates the suction by releasing a handkerchief. Even at minimal power on the intakes, the handkerchief is sucked in. Mike attempts to enter and tells us it's like going into an undersea grave. Everything checks out, the dam is secure, and for the moment, everything's okay. While they were down inspecting, the scene keeps shifting back and forth to the surface. One time we see the chief just sitting there waiting, and another time we see Laro looking out into the water, like he's searching for something or someone. Hmm... Topside, the chief apologizes to Mike for the blow-up at the pier. Apology accepted, but now Mike wants to take a tour around the lake to inspect the Palisades. No sign of life on the what he calls the bleak, lonesome cliffs. But wait, there's an empty boat in a cove. That's not a good sign. 
Now Mike insists on going back to the dam and where he wants to place an underwater watch on the intake valves. Finch and Mike get into an argument over who should take the first watch. The chief settles it and tells Finch, Mike is the boss and Mike will head below for the first watch. Mike now tells us that, he gl- that he's glad he has his wetsuit and gloves on as he swims through a school of flesh-eating piranhas. Not sure if he really had gloves on, though. When he gets to the dam, something is different. There's this large galvanized box tied to the, one of the intake valves, and it's full of dynamite. Mike's plan is to take the dynamite from the box, get it to the surface, And then he wants to go back and he's sure the dynamiter will be back with more and he wants to catch him in the act. As he approaches the ladder, Mike throws the dynamite onto the boat. He is frantic once on board. Mike directs the chief to scan for bubbles while he has Laro help him change out his tank and get Fitch ready to intercept the bad guy. The chief spots the bubbles, 50 yards astern of the ship, heading for the intake valve four. Mike will head to the valve while Finch circles around with a spear gun. At the valve, Mike puts on his safety belt, but one of the belts is missing. Mike slowly makes his way to the top of the valve with his knife drawn. You guessed it. Bad divers on top of the valve and a classic knife fight erupts. Finch is standing back on the bottom and he can't get a clear shot at the bad diver. As they are getting sucked into the intake valve, the bad diver makes a mistake and cuts his own safety line, thinking it was Mike's. Goodbye, bad diver. Mike starts to remove the dynamite when Finch fires the spear, just missing Mike's head. He's part of the plot to blow up the dam. Now Mike has to fight Finch as well. During the underwater fight, Mike grabs the spear gun and chokes Finch until he gives up and he drags him to the surface. Once on top, Mike tells the chief to watch Finch and give him another spear gun. He's going back to get the rest of the dynamite. We now find out that Lalo is in on the plot as well, and they both overpower the chief and tie him up while they wait for Mike to come back. When Mike surfaces, he's greeted with shots from Finch. He quickly submerges and devises a plan to get back on board. He ditches his triples and heads towards the boat, He then ditches his fins and masts and comes up just under the bow of the Thunderbird. By this time, Finch figures Mike has run out of air and is a goner, so he tells Lalo to go up and pull up the anchor, and let's get out. As Lalo leans over to start pulling up the anchor, Mike tosses him into the lake, and he creeps up on the bow of the boat just in time to see Finch coming forward. Mike gets his spear gun shot off, hitting Finch in the shoulder, before he could fire at Mike. Now in the final scene, we see Fitch and Lalo sitting on the boat in the back of it with their hands tied behind their backs as they motor back to the dock. The chief can't believe Finch's defection. He considers him his best friend. Mike tells the chief he still has his best friend. The dam. By the way, We never did find out what happened to the diver who got sucked into the intake valve. Now, Finch was played by Ross Martin, who was also a big part of Underwater Warriors, the movie that inspired Sea Hunt. He was Dan Daly's partner, O'Brien. That was long before his Wild Wild West days. 
The dam wasn't filmed in some subtropical country. It was filmed at the Hoover Dam and Lake Mead. So ends another installment of Sea Hunt. It's still alive here on Scuba Shack Radio. Dynamite, an underwater knife fight, and taking out three bad guys. All in a day's work for Mike Nelson. That was another great episode of Sea Hunt. Well, that wraps up things for today. Once again, I want to thank everyone who continues to support the show, and I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more Scuba Shack Radio. Until then, take care, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.